Section 45 of The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. Part 2. Book the First. Chapter 11. Bacalfedro in Ambuscade to find the vulnerable spot in josiana and to strike her there was for all the causes we have just mentioned the imperturbable determination of barclfedro the wish is sufficient the power is required how was he to set about it there was the question vulgar vagabonds set the scene of any wickedness they intend to commit with care they do not feel themselves strong enough to seize the opportunity as it passes to take possession of it by fair means or foul and to constrain it to serve them deep scoundrels disdain preliminary combinations they start from their villainies alone merely arming themselves all round prepared to avail themselves of various chances which may occur and then like bacalfedro await the opportunity they know that a ready-made scheme runs the risk of fitting ill into the event which may present itself it is not thus that a man makes himself master of possibilities and guides them as one pleases you can come to no previous arrangement with destiny to-morrow will not obey you there is a certain want of discipline in chance therefore they watch for it and summon it suddenly authoritatively on the spot no plan no sketch no rough model no ready-made shoe ill-fitting the unexpected they plunge headlong into the dark to turn to immediate and rapid profit any circumstance that can aid him is the quality which distinguishes the able scoundrel and elevates the villain into the demon to strike suddenly at fortune that is true genius the true scoundrel strikes you from sling with the first stone he can pick up clever malefactors count on the unexpected that senseless accomplice of so many crimes they grasp the incident and leap on it there is no better ars poetica for this species of talent meanwhile be sure with whom you have to deal survey the ground with barclfedro the ground was queen anne barclfedro approached the queen and so close that sometimes he fancied he heard the monologues of her majesty sometimes he was present unheeded at conversations between the sisters neither did they forbid his sliding in a word he profited by this to lessen himself a way of inspiring confidence thus one day in the garden at hampton court being behind the duchess who was behind the queen he heard anne following the fashion awkwardly enunciating sentiments animals are happy said the queen they run no risk of going to hell they are there already replied josiana this answer which bluntly substituted philosophy for religion displeased the queen if perchance there was depth in this observation anne felt shocked my dear said she to josiana 
we talk of hell like a couple of fools ask barkilphedro all about it he ought to know such things as a devil said josiana as a beast replied barkilphedro with a bow madam said the queen to josiana he is cleverer than we for a man like barkilphedro to approach the queen was to obtain a hold on her he could say i hold her now he wanted a means of taking advantage of his power for his own benefit he had his foothold in the court to be settled there was a fine thing no chance could now escape him more than once he had made the queen smile maliciously this was having a license to shoot but was there any preserved game did this license to shoot permit him to break the wing or the leg of one like the sister of her majesty the first point to make clear was did the queen love her sister one false step would lose all barkilphedro watched before he plays the player looks at the cards what trumps has he barkilphedro began by examining the age of the two women josiana twenty-three anne forty-one so far so good he held trumps the moment that a woman ceases to count by springs and begins to count by winters she becomes cross a dull rancour possesses her against the time of which she carries the proofs fresh-blown beauties perfumes for others are to such a one but thorns of the roses she feels but the prick it seems as if all the freshness is stolen from her and that beauty decreases in her because it increases in others to profit by this secret ill-humour to dive into the wrinkle of the face of this woman of forty who was a queen seemed a good game for barkilphedro envy excels in exciting jealousy as a rat draws the crocodile from its hole barkilphedro fixed his wise gaze on anne he saw into the queen as one sees into a stagnant pool the marsh has its transparency in dirty water we see vices in muddy water we see stupidity anne was muddy water embryos of sentiments and larvae of ideas moved in her thick brain they were not distinct they had scarcely any outline but they were realities however shapeless the queen thought this the queen desired that to decide what was the difficulty the confused transformations which work in stagnant water are difficult to study the queen habitually obscure sometimes made sudden and stupid revelations it was on these that it was necessary to seize he must take advantage of them on the moment how did the queen feel towards the duchess josiana did she wish her good or evil here was the problem barkilphedro set himself to solve it this problem solved he might go further divers chances served barkilphedro his tenacity at the watch above all anne was on her husband's side slightly related to the new queen of prussia wife of the king with a hundred chamberlains she had her portrait painted on enamel 
after the process of Turquay of Mayenne, this queen of Prussia had also a younger illegitimate sister, the Baroness Drika. One day, in the presence of Barkilphedro, Anne asked the Russian ambassador some questions about this Drika. They say she is rich? Very rich. She has palaces? More magnificent than those of her sister the queen. Whom will she marry? A great lord, the Count Gormo. Pretty? Charming. Is she young? Very young. As beautiful as the queen? The ambassador lowered his voice and replied, More beautiful. That is insolent, murmured Barkilphedro. The queen was silent, then she exclaimed, Those bastards! Barkilphedro noticed the plural. Another time, when the queen was leaving the chapel, Barkilphedro kept close to her majesty, behind the two grooms of the almonry. Lord David Dermois, crossing the ranks of women, made a sensation by his handsome appearance. As he passed, there was an explosion of feminine exclamations. "'How elegant! How gallant! What a noble air! How handsome!' "'How disagreeable!' grumbled the queen. Barkilphedro overheard this. It decided him. He could hurt the duchess without displeasing the queen. The first problem was solved, but now the second presented itself. What could he do to harm the duchess? What means did his wretched appointment offer to attain so difficult an object? Evidently none. End of section 45